Father, this morning we come to you. By faith. As an act of faith, we offer our spirit, our soul, our body to you, Lord. We surrender. And we come under the unction of your Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Beyond and behind the voice of man, I pray every spirit will be quickened to hear the voice of God. For faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. There is no other way to please you but by faith. There is no other way to live an overcoming life but by faith. There is no other way to overcome sin but by faith. There is no other way to overcome the world but by faith. Therefore, Father, touch our ears to hear our minds to understand and to receive. And we surrender our will. Lord, we will obey. For you said, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. For you gave, came to give us life. And life in abundance. So speak to us this morning. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's been heavy on my heart to teach this. I mean, it's not primarily, definitely not my teaching. It's Derek Prince's. But it's been heavy because I see what the church is going through, the churches are going through, and at one level, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. Because the Bible says, the devil, knowing his time is very little, will come with great wrath. So we are going to face great spiritual opposition. Not other opposition. If you are in the world, you probably will go with the flow. But if you are trying to swim upstream, the current is against you. All of God's children are called in this world to swim upstream, not downstream. Even dead fish go downstream. But if you want to go upstream, you need to realize we will need everything that God has given us. Not will give us, has given us. Everything is given. Everything is given. So the first verse for today is from John 10 and verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have life, have it more abundantly. The two things. What Jesus does, and what the devil does. The two things. The devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy every day, every time. Even now. If you are not careful, he will steal your attention. And by not listening, he would have killed what was for you. Today. That's why we have to be absolutely focused. Even when you are personally praying, reading the word of God, listening to a message, or in the church, you need to be focused because... The spirit above us, the air above us, the spiritual realm actually controls everything. Control everything. That's why we plead the blood of Jesus, because the blood of Jesus is what defeated the devil. And we sang this beautiful song, I know most of you may not, or you may understand Hindi, it is talking about the blood speaks. The blood of Jesus speaks. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony. 
Okay, so you need to understand why it is so important. Because the devil always comes for one purpose. And Jesus comes for another purpose. The devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And Jesus comes to give life. Remember, over the weeks, months, we've been looking at ways in which he's not satisfied with stealing. He is not satisfied with killing. He's satisfied only with destruction. Destruction. Okay? That you will never rise again. Destruction. The devil is interested only in destruction. Okay? So we need to understand how does destruction take place? The devil in itself does not have power to destroy us, but it takes, he has power. Don't ever think he does not have power. But his power is illegitimate. God had given him the power. Because God says in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. So the enemy has power. God gives us authority over that power. But how does he destroy? He destroys by certain laws and principles established by God. The one of the first and the primary way he destroys God's people in Hosea, 4 and verse 6, the scripture says, My people are what? Destroyed. For lack of knowledge. Destroyed. Knowledge of what? The knowledge of God. How does God function? How does his kingdom function? What are the rules and regulations of the kingdom? How does the kingdom of God rule? And those who understood it, you need to realize, it didn't matter where they were. It didn't matter their settings. You could be Joseph in a slave in Potiphar's house or a prisoner or Daniel taken as a slave. They always triumphed over their circumstances because they understood how God's kingdom works. And it is through Daniel we understand the kingdom of God rules over the affairs of men. The enemy operates through different ways. You need to realize one thing. When the enemy, when in, in, in Daniel's book, in Daniel's this thing, when King Belshazzar was having his feast, a finger came and wrote, wrote on the wall. And when the finger wrote on the wall, there was not a single astrologer, magician or wise man of Babylon who could write it because when God writes, it will take a man of God to read it. It will not be possible for the man of an enemy to read what God writes. This is where we need to understand. There is power on that other side. And the power is for destruction. But we need God to read for us, to interpret for us, to speak to us. That when it happens, faith comes. That faith always overcomes. Faith cannot be defeated. Because faith taps into the very power or the grace of God. That's where hearing comes. The first thing the devil does is he destroys God's people because they don't have the lack of knowledge of God. He keeps keeps them. If you are honest, if you are honest, you will realize there is a, a propensity in us. We are able to hear almost everything, spend hours, but when it comes to the word of God, there seems to be a Unknown struggle, pressure to hear. If you go to any church in the world, one of the common things people will say, message 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Why? Have you ever asked? 
Why is that you find so difficult to hear a message that's an hour long or two hours long, yet you can listen to almost anything in the world any hours long because there are spiritual forces working against us, receiving the knowledge of God because if you receive the knowledge of God, that is the first step to your liberty and to your victory. Victory. So how does he destroy? He destroys by keeping us from the knowledge of God. That's the first way of, mark that word, destruction. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's how he destroys. In Isaiah, I will say about God's people, they have gone into captivity. You know why they went into captivity? Because of lack of knowledge of how God works. They took it for granted, but God says, no, that's not how I function. And you go against it, it will go into your destruction. We saw for the past few weeks, second way, Proverbs 16 and verse 18. Pride goes before destruction. Jesus said, learn of me, I am meek and lowly. So the fundamental attitude in the kingdom of God. You have to have an atmosphere because before you can receive anything from God. And that attitude is humility. When Philippians 2, 5 says, have this mind that was in my, in Christ Jesus, it actually means the attitude. The attitude of humility. Like, that's what God was telling to Martha. One thing will not be taken away from Mary. Why? Because she was sitting at his feet and listening in an attitude of humility. But the opposite of humility is pride. And pride goes before destruction. I told you, the origin of sin is not on earth, it is in the heavenlies. When Lucifer, the greatest of God's creation, perfect in beauty, perfect in wisdom, because of his wisdom and his beauty, the Bible says his heart was lifted up. Pride came in. That is how it all began. And he was cast down and finally he will be cast down to the lowest place called the lake of fire. So that's how it happened. Pride goes. So we have to guard. Like we listened to the previous messages, many messages. Pastor Vijay and I have preached. Because you do not know your sickness unless you know its symptoms. Unless you know its symptoms. Like today I asked our sister, what is this tomato flu they're talking about? She said, no, you have fever and you get all red boils on your hands, feet, inside your mouth. And also that thing looks like a tomato. So they named it tomato flu. So you look at the symptoms and you diagnose the disease. So you wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know. I have pride unless I know the symptoms of pride. And we have gone through symptoms of pride. So there is things that destroy and we have to be very, very careful about it. But today we are not going to look at that. We are going to look at probably one of the most important things. Turn first to Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. <clears throat> we do not look at things which are seen. That is Apostle Paul saying. Is that true about us? <laughs> um, but um, Apostle Paul, we actually look at things which are seen. And not at the things which are not seen. But he says, no, don't look at the things which are seen. Because they are all temporal. Nothing is lasting. The things that are not seen. Things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. That's why though we have so many prayer requests of so many needs. Which is the need I put first? Salvation is eternal. It's not seen. It's eternal. Like I said, if Jesus were to come between this Sunday and... Uh, like, let us say Jesus comes tomorrow. All their wedding preparations will be in vain. 
Right now on their mind, wedding, 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 Tuesday getting married, Tuesday getting married, but if he comes tomorrow, it's over. And there are passages in the Bible when it talks about the Lord's coming where he asks the bride to get out of her chamber, make up room, because the Lord is coming. You need to understand, the things that are seen, he says are temporary. They're not real, they're temporary. The things that are not seen. So what are the things that are not seen? There are the other realms which we do not see. God's realm, the demonic realm. Those are real. Those are real. And those realms control everything that is happening. We think we are making choices. We are not making choices. Choices are being forced on us, either by lack of knowledge or because of pride or because of other things that have been set in motion. We think we are making choices and we think we are making smart choices. We are not. Because you can only make choices based on the information you have. What if your information is wrong? For two years, everything they said about COVID is wrong. But everybody went and got a shot. Now nobody knows what is more dangerous, the COVID or the vaccination. Right? This is how it works. But with God, you never have to worry. When God says something, it is true now and forever. It's eternal. So this morning, I first turn to Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. I call heaven and earth as, you wit- as witnesses today against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your dissonance may live. It's one of the most important statements God makes through his servant Moses to Israel. Stands forever and ever. He says, you choose. He says, I'm not choosing for you. I'll give you the information. You choose. I set before you life and death. Blessing and curses. You choose. If our information is wrong, we choose a curse. If our information is right, we choose a blessing. And our choices will not stop with us. It will pass on to generation after generation. Until somebody down the generation gets the knowledge of what is true and is able to stand in the gap and break it or it will continue to pass on. Because God said so. And so many things all of us go through, struggles go through, are not because of anything that we chose. It was chosen for us by people who preceded us in our homes and our families. In Proverbs 18 verse 21, this is what the word of God says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Where is death and life? The power of the tongue. Do you know what it means? In your tongue is both blessing and cursing. I said before you life and death. If you choose blessings, we live. If you choose curses, we will be destroyed. We'll be destroyed. Turn to Proverbs 26 and verse 2. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. What does it mean? It means behind every curse that works, there is a cause. That's why you go to a doctor. 
You see the symptoms. The doctor is not interested in the symptoms. He wants to know what caused the symptoms. That's why we have pathologies and radiologists and all kinds of scanning. Why? What caused this? What is the cost behind it? Okay. So there are curses and there are causes behind it. Behind it. In the same token, there is a cause or a reason behind a blessing. Blessing don't happen in vacuum. If you need a blessing, there has to be a reason. If there is a curse, behind it there is a reason. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, where it's the fundamental chapter on blessing and curses. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So what is the cause Behind the blessings, you obeyed the voice of God. God spoke to you today in this meeting, before the end of the service, you heard one thing from God, you obeyed it. You opened a channel for blessings. That's what causes blessings to happen. 28, 15, after 14 blessings, you have around 54 curses. But it shall come to pass. If you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commands and his statutes, which I command you today, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. God says, if you obey my voice, you don't have to worry. You cannot run fast enough. The blessings will run faster than you. It will overtake you. On the other on the other hand, Yasami, be at your post, okay? <laughs> the mixer is missing, Sami. Okay? On the other hand, if you disobey God's voice, you can run it, you cannot run fast enough to escape the curses. It will follow you. It will overtake you. I'm going to give you a few verses from this chapter so that I get your attention. Chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, verse 20. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, rebuke you in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed. Until you are destroyed. You are destroyed. 24. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust. From heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. Verse 48. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed. Next verse, 51. They shall eat the increase of they, your enemy shall eat the increase of your livestock, the produce of your land, until you are destroyed. They shall not leave you grain. Yeah, we jumped. Grain. Or new wine, or oil, or the increase of your cattle, or the offspring of your flocks, until they have? Verse 61. Also, every sickness, every plague, which is not written in the book of the Lord, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. 63. And it shall be that, just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to? If you have any doubt about the truth about these words, look into Israel. 
most of Israel in the past 3,500 years have been destroyed. Only a remnant has come out. Why? Because they refused to obey the voice of God which was given to them. If there is one nation on earth during all seasons of life, all seasons of the year, throughout the years of their life, do not sleep in peace, it is Israel. Because any day they can expect an attack. Till today they cannot sleep. They have to be watchful. The siren goes, they are all in the bomb shelters. Any day, every day. Why? Because they refuse to obey the voice of God. This is the truth. So in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 45, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. Why? Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. So there is blessings and there are curses. It will come. come. Don't look so gloomy because the whole thing is that God has shown us a way how to get out of it and get out of it completely. Now, blessings are also the same way. Turn to the beginning of the great blessings. Genesis 22, verse 15 to 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sown, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Why? In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Why? Because you obeyed my voice. Because you obeyed my voice. You know why we are all sitting here? Because one man obeyed God's voice. Generation after generation after generation. God says, I will show my mercies to a thousand generations. We are all Abraham's seed in Christ. That's why we are blessed. Because one man obeyed the voice of God. Later, we know the whole story about Jacob and Isaac and Esau and Rebekah, the whole family drama. Just real family drama. Today's TV serials are nothing. Real family plot. You have to read that chapter. Alright? And how Jacob steals his own blessings from his own father. It is his blessing. He stole it. Poor fellow. And he couldn't enjoy it for 20 years. Genesis 27. 27 to 29. And that's the blessing part, okay? He came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren. Let your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you and be blessed and blessed with those who bless you. Did you see his blessing? Little later, Esau comes. Then both father and son realize they've both been fooled. Esau is crying. Listen to verse 33. 27. Then 
Isaac trembled exceedingly. I said, who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. He said, I cannot revoke it. It's gone. He's blessed. He's blessed. I can give you another blessing, but that one is gone. It's gone. And you need to realize that one blessing would again come and determine the destiny of nations. So there are blessings. There are curses. So the cause for a curse is either you disobeyed or somebody up the line disobeyed. The cause of a blessing is either you obeyed or somebody above in the line obeyed. Okay, So these two things are Always playing in the lives of people. Okay. John 10 and verse 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. He says, My sheep hear my voice. And they obey me. Follow means you obey. He says, My sheep hear my voice. And they obey me. So let's get into first fundamentals, okay? 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are of God. But the whole world, this entire world system, not earth, but the world system where people live, the entire world system under which we live and operate, lies under the control or sway of the wicked one, evil one, or Satan. Lies under him. This is how it Really is, even now. What does it mean? That means the whole world lies under a curse. Or under curses. The whole world lies under a curse. See, let me tell you. You have to understand blessings. All blessings are not blessings. Some blessings is like sitting in the sweet shop, selling sweets while you have diabetes. Can you eat any one of that? Hmm? Even the little son of yours sitting in the shop will be your teacher says, Mummy ne bola hai, mana hai, mat khana. Aapke upar ek aankh rakhne ke liye bola hai. That is what Jesus actually meant. What is it worth? You gain the whole earth and lose your soul. All blessings are not blessings. Get this picture. This whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And it is under the curse. Curses. But when creation began, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And what is the first thing he did? And he blessed them. Creation did not. Our creation did not begin with a curse. It began with a blessing. He blessed man. He was a five-fold blessing of God over Adam and his descendants. And what happened? Man listened to another voice. The voice of the devil. That's why God comes and asks Adam, who told you? Who told you? Whose voice did you listen to? When he listened to another voice, that is how he opened up the whole world to a curse and to the power of Satan. But because, unlike any other creature, because man was created in the image of God, 
in God's image. And one of the primary facets of man's, God's image in man is, how did God create? God said, let there be light. There was. God said, God said, God said. You know what? God created by speaking. And that's the only creation on earth that speaks and who has power in his words is man. That's why God says life and death is in the power of your tongue. Either you are blessing or either you are cursing. Either somebody has blessed you or somebody has cursed you. It is playing out in your life. Because we are created in God's image. And then they listened to that voice. They fell. The world come under the sway of the wicked one. He exercised control through man. And let us see God's response to man's fall. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 14. And the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed. The curses begin. The first one to be cursed is a serpent. Because the serpent, um, I, was, I was telling, I don't know when I told a Nepalese congregation or one of the congregations, I said, if we take our aversion for snakes out of our mind, it's an inbuilt aversion because we know about the snake and the fall and all. But everybody don't have that aversion. Only we people have it. Okay, Some people love snakes. But if you look at the snakes, they are actually very beautiful. Their design and color combinations are unbelievably beautiful. So when the devil was made perfect in beauty looked at all the creatures God had made and wanted to get into a creature and speak to man. He chose this name because his pride, his vanity, he picked one. That's why he came as a serpent. He got into the serpent and spoke to man. So the first thing to be cursed is the serpent. It's a spiritual curse. You are cursed and from all these days <coughs> you shall be you are cursed more than all the cattle, more than every beast on the field, on your belly, you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. So before that, they believed snakes could walk. But now they are condemned to crawl. But there's a spiritual application here. We are made of dust. And the fodder of the enemy is man. The fallen man. That we are his food. Okay? That's why he touches our flesh. And is able to control us. Then... <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Second curse. He said, humanity will be divided into two groups. The seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Jesus' children and the devil's children. That's why Jesus comes and tells the Pharisees in John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil. And you will always see is that there is an enmity of the world against the true children of God. <clears throat> there is an enmity. Jesus said, the world will hate you because of me. It's a curse. Pronounced. There will be an enmity between them. There will be a constant. That is what we hear about Christian persecution around the world. And nobody speaks against it. One Muslim is touched somewhere in US, all the newspapers, media, everything, one Hindu is touched, one Buddhist is touched, anybody, everybody rises up. The Christians are massacred every day. The latest report is every day at least two to three hundred Christians are killed around the world. Nobody speaks, because the world will not speak up for them. Because there is an inbuilt enmity which God has spoken and it will continue until Jesus comes. Inbuilt. 
So the first curse is on the serpent. Second curse is between these two seeds, the two groups of people. And then the third one, 316. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. What is cursed? The home is cursed. He says, your marriage has been short-circuited and you will always have grief about your children. And if you look all around the world, you know what? Every problem the world is facing can be traced to the home. If you fix the home, the world will be fine. You can try anything you want, but as long as the home is not fixed, you will not have solution to any problem. But you cannot fix the home. The home has been cursed. Marriages have been cursed. Children have been cursed. The home has been cursed. Because you listen to another voice, he says the consequences will now follow. The next one, verse 17. Then to Adam he said, because you heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree from which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat, curse is the ground for your sake. He says, your work is cursed. You can work all the days of your life. You will be miserable. Early in the morning you will rise, late in the night. Your work is cursed. Is cursed. Your ground is cursed. Ground on which you're going to work is cursed. So you need to realize this entire world lies under the sway of the wicked one and curse upon curse upon curse have been pronounced. Why? What is the purpose behind it? So that we would repent and turn back to God and come out of it. If you turn even further to Genesis, next chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. The second generation. He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed. The man is cursed. You are cursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hands. He's telling Cain, first I cursed your father's ground. Now you are cursed from that ground. Let me tell you something. Ten generations later, when Noah's flood came, not a single descendant of Cain escaped. They were all destroyed. Everyone was destroyed. The curse worked. Not a single descendant of Cain survived. There were great men, mighty men, built music, arts, construction, everything. Not a single evidence of anything they did is left. God completely destroyed them. Why? Because it works. Works. It's what God is saying. These are laws established. So God says, if you obey my voice, these things will follow. If you disobey my voice, these things will follow. Derek Prince actually gives seven primary characteristics of how blessings work and curses work. The first characteristic of blessing is what he calls, he's summing up Deuteronomy 28. Okay? Why I'm preaching this, you can read that book, but I am very conscious that none of you read it. That's why I'm preaching. <laughs> you will struggle to read. These are habits, disciplines. If you didn't get it in childhood, it's very difficult to get that discipline when you are older. It's like me trying to drive a car. 
That's why I have to preach, so that you will hear it from a second source. The first of the blessings which God promises them, if you obey your voice, he says, exaltation. Exaltation. It's exaltation. I'm not saying you become CEO of your company. No, I'm not saying. It doesn't matter what situation you are. Like I said, it didn't matter what situation he was in. Joseph was always exalted. In his father's house, he's the eleventh. It's very difficult for the eleventh one to be exalted. But he is exalted. Ultimately, he becomes the firstborn's blessing. He's put there as one Hebrew slave in an Egyptian house. He's reached the top. He's exalted. From there, he's picked on a false accusation, thrown into prison before you know he's second to the order. From there, he's put before the Pharaoh before you know he's made prime minister. Do you know why? Because he never disobeyed his father's voice. Obeyed his father's voice. And therefore, he was always exalted. Because he heard from God through his father. And then when God spoke to him, he stayed very clear to the dreams and kept to that. And therefore, you know what? The curses that came over his brothers passed over him. He didn't touch him. Exaltation. The opposite of exaltation is humiliation. Reuben, who should have been exalted, was humiliated. He humiliated himself. The second blessing is being fruitful. The opposite of it is barrenness. Barrenness is a curse. Don't go by medical reports alone. There are things in the spiritual realm. You go through the Bible, you will see it is written many times, God shut the womb. If God shut the womb, you can go for any treatment. It is not going to open. Fruitful, I'm talking about literally the fruitfulness of the womb and barrenness of the womb. One is a blessing, the other is a curse. And more than that, in life to be fruitful. Peter will say in Second Peter about being fruitful in every good work. Or barrenness. It doesn't matter what you do. Nothing seems to be coming out of it. It's barren. Third is health. If you actually read Deuteronomy 20 from 15 onwards to the end where the sicknesses are mentioned in categories, every sickness known to man comes in it. Most, if not all, sicknesses do have a spiritual root. And if you touch that spiritual root, lay the axe to that root, you can receive your healing. And each one has to, this is, this is a very personal thing. Because you will see a lot of things are passed from generation to generation. There are many sicknesses which are passed from generation to generation. So you need to go before yourself to the Spirit of God and so reveal where did this originate? Where is it? Where do I cut it off? How did it come on to me? You know? And medical science agrees. There are so many things which are hereditary. But we don't understand what was the cause. What was the cause? What caused this? What caused this? Then there is success, which he told 
tells Joshua, if you listen to my voice, obey my commandments, don't turn to the left or the right, let not my meditate upon my word, don't let it depart me, you will be successful wherever you go. The opposite of success is failure. Then there is victory. The opposite of victory is defeat. Victory is a blessing. Defeat is a curse. Then there is authority. You shall be the head and not the tail. Authority. Authority. I used to tell this story because I thought it was a wonderful example in an army post in Tenga. It is in Tawang in Arunachal Pradesh. There was this Lance Nike. You cannot go lower than that Indian army. Lance Nike means he is a sepoy. The low sepoy was a British term. They took it off and gave him the term Lance Nike, meaning he is the lowest in the British army. So he was put as an orderly to an officer's quarters. And if you have seen the orderly's quarters, I have visited many, prayed with them and all in those places. Just one room. The common bathroom. One little room. He was Lance Nike. His job is to take care of the officer, polish his shoes, his belt, his uniform, put it all ready for sahab, take madam to the vegetable market, bring her this thing, pick up the children's cricket kit. That is his job, assigned by the army. But on a Sunday, it was a different thing. On Sunday, in the Lansnaik's little room became a prayer hall, and officers stood in line and knelt before him so that he would lay hands and pray upon him because he had authority authority given by God and not by man. That's what God is talking about. In Babylon, Daniel is just a Hebrew slave. But when crisis came, every king said, call that man because he had authority. Exaltation, the head. The opposite of authority is helplessness. Then, the seventh one, there are many. You can, I'm just putting the seven he put over there. He talks about strength. You shall be above and you shall not be below. Weakness. A curse is one of the severest of God's judgments. But his desire is always that when we come to that point, we will repent and turn back. You need to realize when the prodigal son disobeyed the voice of his godly father and walked away with his money, he thought he was cat's whisker, but he did not know the curse was following him. The father didn't curse him, but the curse is written. He followed him and overtook him and finally he ends up in the pig pen with nothing to eat, nothing to have. And then he came to his senses and he returned back to the blessings of his father. So the purpose of God is always is that we will turn back. But before we get in further, let me make you feel comfortable. What Jesus did in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Made himself of no reputation. Took the form of a bond servant. Coming in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. What is happening? Jesus is going through all the judgments of God for our sake. 
is not being exalted is being demoted is not being made strong is being made he is coming down 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 the final point is death on the cross that is the final statement of god's judgment upon him for what galatians 3 verse 13 and 14 christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree why did this why was this crucified could have been killed in many different ways but that was not god says there is one thing written the final curse the final curse you could the worst curse you could have is to hang on a tree so he became curse for us curse for us death on the cross was god's severest judgment on his son on mankind's behalf so that we may receive so that we may receive the blessing of abraham might come upon us gentiles in christ jesus that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith so he was cursed that is a final judgment so that we may receive the blessing that's why we always sing about the cross we sing about the blood we preach about the cross why that is where everything changed on the cross he became curse and we received the blessings and the blessing of abraham is the spirit of god by and through the spirit we are born again as the sons and daughters of god you need to realize okay this is push this positional this is factual but practical application is a completely different thing functional thing is a completely different thing god says the only way you can get out of the curse is one i have to curse my son through by believing in you have to be born again by god so your fatherhood has completely changed cut away completely from there when you walk by faith what you actually are proclaiming i am not the son of man i am the son of god that's the only way the curse can stop the minute you revert to your old sense the curses follow and you cannot escape it so god's solution is not reforming mankind god's solution is a new birth there's no other solution because if you are any part of the old creation the old creation is under a curse and it is judged and it will be burned by fire already judged because the ruler of this world has been judged God's answer is a new birth and a new creation. So the Bible says as many as you received him he gave them the authority to become the children of God. And when do they become real mature children of God outside the curse when they are led by the spirit if you obey his voice. That's where the Bible says don't grieve the holy spirit don't test the holy spirit don't lie to the holy spirit. don't quench the holy spirit don't blaspheme the holy spirit because if you don't listen to his voice these things will start working that's why that's why bible doesn't say faith comes from the word of god no it doesn't it comes from hearing and hearing from the word of god the hearing part is the spirit of god the word of god is this this is the text from which we preach but behind my voice the spirit of god has to touch each one of you and speak to you because only he knows what you are going through and where are the blocks nobody else knows unless you receive somebody receives a word of knowledge nobody will know only you will know and you will know it personally from the holy spirit 
So we have to look at the primary causes. There are many causes. I probably will look at only one cause today. I will, t- I will teach this through the weeks. Because we have to get this through because I see people struggling. It's not our problems. You know, I, I, I like a man of God who said, what, is, what does it mean to live under a curse? He said it is like a six foot tall man living in a five foot tall high room. Always bent. He's six feet tall. But the room in which he lives is only five feet high. So how does he walk all the time like this? Spiritually, he's always bent. That's how it is what it means to live under a curse. There is this unseen weight always pressing you down. That's not how we are. When we are set free, we are supposed to be like Paul in the book of Philippians. He doesn't matter your situation. You are radiating with joy and peace and power of God. And you are able to sit there in chains and put that across to people and say, Rejoice in the Lord. And again I tell you, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident. The Lord is near. Bring your prayers, supplications with thanksgiving. The peace of God shall guard your mind. You look at this man. Where is this man writing from? Is he writing from a palace? No. He's an overcomer. There's no shadow over him. There's no weight over him. He's absolutely free. In chains, but free. In free. Absolutely free. Because this is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom of God. And that is to what Jesus is saying. The devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. What I have come to give you life. That life, like we said about our little one, that life is called Zoe, which means, which overcomes. Any situation it overcomes. Your riches is irrelevant if you don't overcome. Like I told the other church, I don't want to mention names because if I mention names, you would be shocked. Like a few days back, one of the, I don't want to mention, I don't even, even to qualify his riches. He's rich. He's really, really rich. He tried to kill himself in India. The whole question is, what does your riches mean? Do you know what he's going through every day? You know what they go through? They go through torment every day. Apostle Paul, he says, I know how to abase. I know how to abound. I can do all things. I mean, where is this man writing all this from? From a prison. Absolutely free. No shadow, no weight over him. And Jesus hanging on the cross. Father, forgive them. Who is speaking to whom? Who is free? Who is in chains? Who is crucified? Who is free? Think. There are many causes. Because a curse without cause. There are many causes. We look at one, the primary cause. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 3, or 1 to 5. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Yeah. Can we have four and five also? Okay. You shall not bow down. Okay. Let me have four and five, both together. Okay. Okay. You can, yeah. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. The first thing God says is, remember who I am. I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt, who delivered you from the power of Satan, from the power of sin. There's only one true God. Who is the true God? The true God is not the one who gives you money. The true God is the one who can break the power of sin over your life. Who can take the penalty of sin over your life. And let me ask you this question. Which God in this world, in every religion you know, which God can tell you that I have taken your penalty away? No, not a single God. That's a true God. The true God, because the wages of sin is death, the true God is the only one who can take away the penalty of sin, who can break the bondage. So he says there's only one true God versus false gods. And he says, if you worship the false ones, the curses will follow. The entire confrontation in Egypt was between the living God and the gods of Egypt. And what did God tell Moses to tell Pharaoh? Let my people go, that they may worship me and they may serve me. He says, on the other hand, if you worship or serve anything else, you will be under the curse. You will be under the curse. That's why the final words in first the letter, first epistle of John, the final words in five, chapter 5, verse 21 is, little children flee idols. Flee idols. There are idols outside and there are idols inside. It brings a curse. Deuteronomy 27 and verse 15. Cursed is the one who makes a carved or a molded image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and sets it up in secret. All the people shall say, Amen. There are public images and there are secret images. Secret. Sets up in secret. The Latin word for occult is secret or hidden. You know, there is a religion in the front and there is occult at the back. The occult practice, everything is secret. In any kind of religion, there is a priest, a pujari, priest, whatever you can. He will come and he will do things for the people. But behind that, there is a hidden side which they will never show you. The source of their power. Something secret. That's why, as a church and as churches, Everything about ours should be open. We have no secret meetings. Every meeting is open. You can test it. You can try it. You find it error. You can correct it. It's all in the public space. But whenever people are involved in... Because now occult has gone online. Secret meetings. You need to be a member. You have to get in over there. All these secret things. You have to be careful. That's what brings curses. Curses. Because occult focuses on man's two greatest desire. One is the desire for knowledge. And the other is the knowledge desire for power. And that's what the devil came and told Eve. If you eat, you will be like God. Knowledge and power. And that's what occult does. There's a hidden side. And people do not realize it. 
And God says about actual idolatry and the hidden side. He said, be, be very careful. Be very, very careful. For only, there are only two sources for supernatural knowledge or power. It is either God or Satan. A new two sources. Satan has power. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. He was made perfect in wisdom. But because of your pride, you corrupted your wisdom. It's like a virus entering into your laptop. Man was born with a corrupt wisdom. It is demonic. It is corrupt. It has been corrupted. It is always self-seeking. Always self-seeking. What is it in for me? How can I lift myself up? It is corrupted. Not Christ. God's wisdom is first and foremost. It is peaceable. It is meek. So there is a wisdom, there is a knowledge that is from God. There is a wisdom that is a knowledge which is demonic. It is from earthly. It is demonic. And there is power which is from God, which is the power of his Holy Spirit. Pastor Vijay was leading. Oh, you should listen. Then only you will realize, yeah, yeah, Pastor Vijay said, it's not by might, it's not by power, it is by my spirit this mountain shall be moved. The only legitimate source of power is the Holy Spirit. There's no other legitimate source. And the only way you can access that source is through faith. And faith comes by obeying the voice of God. Illegitimate sources, plenty. Satan will masquerade himself. Have to be very, very careful. So there are only two sources. One is legit, the other is illegitimate. It was this desire for illegitimate knowledge and power. It has caused all the havoc. All the havoc. And you know what? It passes on to generation, to generation, to generation. And it's hidden. Every religion, every religion has their hidden texts, which is accessible to only one set of people. Hidden mantras for power. You know, you're going, you can go to different religions, meets their practitioners, pay them, and they will curse your enemies. That is what Balaam was hired for. Sorcerer was hired by Balak. Would you come? These people are too big. I cannot fight them. Can you curse them? Can you curse them? The hidden part is very dangerous. Now let's leave the other religions. So though we cannot religion, we can leave it because there are so many sitting here. Probably all of us. If you go back, trace to one generation, two generations, three generations back, we all have idolaters in our household. We don't know what they did. I'm not mentioning religions. Let me tell you. Let us go to Babylonian, Greek, Egyptian to be safer side in this dispensation. In any religion, even in the ancient days, when a child was born, the first thing is a child is dedicated to the deity. Dedicated to a deity. Once it dedicated, the curse has come upon it. It will follow it and overtake it all the days of its life. The curse from the living God. Who can break it? Christ can break it. Nobody else can break it. Nobody else. But to be broken, you have to be in Christ. And stay in Christ. 
even Israel. About whom Balaam says, I can't do anything whom God has blessed. I cannot curse. Because I'm not able to do anything. Because right now they are in the wilderness and God is over them. The cloud is covering them. They have come through the waters. Whatever they are doing, it's between God and them. But I cannot do anything against them. It was completely destroyed by God. If you look at their history, how many are left? This is a nation which God said will be like the sand of the seashore, like the the stars. Nothing. One small little, tiny little piece of real estate and probably a little bigger than greater GHMC, fighting for survival every day. Only because God's covenant with Abraham starts saying, I will always have a remnant, you shall not be utterly destroyed. They are still surviving because, because of God's promise, not because of their obedience. So we have to get these pictures right, because what has happened is, there is sorcery and occult and idolatry which brings curses. That's how this, that's what Jesus kept on saying. Uh, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Why? Deception takes place through witchcraft. There is witchcraft. There is divination. And there is sorcery. And sorcery is the practical part. It is through words, spells. People do not realize, even this morning, a couple brought their little child to me to be prayed over. They are not from our faith. They are from another religion. But they have to pray it over. And you know what? He's got it all tied up. So what did I do? I prayed over its ears. We sing, Lord, I bless this year. And this one part of her anatomy plead the blood of Jesus over the years so that one day this child will hear the voice of the living God and come out of this curse. Because everything begins. The most important organ in your body is your ear because faith comes from hearing. You can't talk to the parents. They're nice parents. But people do not know. You are tied up for life. Objects, words, spells, incantations. Constantly going on. So there is sorcery. There is witchcraft. There is divination. And there is sorcery. And God gives us the anointing, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And he talks about a divine impartation by spoken blessings or the laying of hands. Let me talk to Christians, not those who came from non-Christian backgrounds. The greatest danger and the deception that has taken place in the last hundred years in Christendom is Freemasonry. Freemasons came into India with the East India Company. East India Company was not Christian. They were Freemasons and they were occultic, satanic group. They came here to make money and they did not want evangelism and they barred missionaries from coming into India. That's why 300 years of British rule, there was no Christianity here because they were banned. Because they came here. Just a very demonic set of people came and wherever they have gone, any place in India, you will see the Lord's there. And most of the Christian ancestors were part of the lodge. And nobody will know what they did or they, because when they went in over there, they have a vow they have to take. Your eyes will be plucked out, your right hand will be cut off. They make vows, making a vow to the deity they are worshipping over here. And they have brought curse upon generation of their children. 
and they will not reveal this to anybody. Because that's the vow they have taken. And that's the curse that has been flowing Christians in India. Generation after generation. And you will realize, why is it so difficult to get them saved, these children? You know what? They were living under a curse. Living under a curse. And it's very secret. All their things are very, very secret. Very secretive they are. The wife will not know what the husband has done. The wife has no clue in many cases that the husband has gone in there and has given all the children over to them. Before you know, the children have gone carpet. People do not know what is happening. It's the truth. Now it has gone mainline, spread like crazy. Everybody is in it now. Because they realize this is the easiest way. Easiest way of Actually, if you go to their level, finally you come to the 32nd level or something, they have made a vow to a god called Jabulan. Jabulan. They took the name of Jah, that is the living god, and took the name of Baal, and took the name of Osiris, the Egyptian god, put these three together and dedicated their lives to these three. And God said, you do that, I will visit my iniquity upon you. That's what they have done. Churches are operating under curses. You know why? Because the men standing behind the pulpits are part of the secret lodge. Operating. They are part of it. I am telling you right from here, the pulpit. They are part of it. Whole churches are under curses because they do not know where this man is coming from. Where is he in the night? And you go into any religion, the people will... There are plenty of temples, but there are few temples people will flock. The reason is because there is power over there. The question is, where is the power coming from? What is the source of their power? And the minute you go under those hands, you are under a curse. Under a curse. In Acts chapter 19, verse 18 and 19. Many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. They realized. The background is this. And I'm telling you, you pray, you ask. God will show you. Because you see, I go into all these places and where I preach, people give me gifts. But most of the gifts have to be thrown away or broken or this thing. You know why? Because this will have a dragon on it. It will have a snake on it. And these things, you are opening a portal into your house for curses to come. We are not tourists. We are pilgrims. Tourists buy objects. Pilgrims are just passing through. Be very careful of everything that you bring into your house which has got an occult symbol on it. Now I will tell you another thing. Not all of them, but check. If you are a servant of God, you should have only your wedding ring on your hand. No other rings. Because many of the rings they wear with big jewels are Masonic rings. Be careful. Be careful. This, this is how it happens. This is what is happening. And unknowingly, knowingly, there is a cause. And the curse flows. The curse flows. And people are not able. Let's look at what Samuel told Saul. 
1 Samuel 15 and verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Is there anybody stubborn here? Do you know why you are stubborn? Because it's a curse operating over you. You know what is true. You have heard it many times, but you will not obey. About Jesus. And Paul about himself and the other apostles said, we are like sheep led to the slaughter. No stubborn bone in them. You know exactly what you are supposed to do. You won't do it. Where did this stubbornness come from? Where did this rebellion come from? Idolatry and witchcraft manifestation in a person's life is in rebellion and in stubbornness. Rebellion and stubbornness. No. The thing is that, uh, don't feel bad. Let me tell you. Let me explain to you. Let us say, I am drunk or I am a drunkard. Right? I am a drunkard. I got lots of money and I am a drunkard. Now, let us say, I have five children, ten grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren. None of them drink. Have they sinned? Does my drunkenness affect them? Yes. Because I would have blown away the wealth that should have gone to them. Did they drink? No. Did they affect them? Yes. That's what God is saying. The iniquity of the forefathers will continue, continue, continue. The problem is not fourth generation. It never ends. Because if the second generation done, then it goes again, push to the fourth generation. It kept on pushing, 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 pushing. It is just continuing. Nobody is breaking it. Nobody is breaking it. Look at Joshua 24 and verse 2, so you will see. Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including, who is this? Abraham's father, Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served. So, iniquity has come in. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, sons of Jacob. It is continuing. It took one man called Joseph to stand in the gap, breach, break the iniquity, and after that, the rest of the descendants live under him for a long season under peace because he stands in the gap and breaks the iniquity of the forefathers. God had to take him out of the clutches of everybody, isolate him, go make him go through the ringer in Egypt so that the iniquity would be broken. Four generations. It stops in the fourth generation because one man in the fourth generation stood in the gap and he becomes the head and not the tail. And under him, everybody has peace. It is only during the time of Moses a Pharaoh arose who did not know Joseph. But as long as there were dispensations who knew Joseph, the people lived under peace because one man had stopped in the gap and broken the iniquity of the fathers. And many of you have come from families like that and you will be that person. God will say, you can break it over your household. Stand in the gap. Stand in the gap and break it. But we don't join to them. Do not be joined to them. Love them. Do not be joined to them. Otherwise what happens? The curses will pass on. Love them. but Do not be joined. If your father or your mother is an idolater, love them. But do not be joined to them. If you are spiritually joined to them, the curses will follow. 
And about marriage, that's the fundamental reason. God says, do not marry an unbeliever. Why? What fellowship does have light with darkness? God with Belial. You know what you're doing? When you marry an unbeliever, you've already short-circuited your dissonance to the curse. It will just automatically flow because you opened up the doors. Your dissonance are curse, short-circuited. Because there is a curse operating over the whole earth. And God is trying to rescue us from this. And so many of our struggles got to do with what? We are not responsible for our forefathers did. The simple example is, like I said, the example of alcohol. An alcoholic or a drug addict father. Okay? And what happens? The sons don't drink. Sons don't smoke. But it still affects them. Still affects them. And spiritually this happens. And God's solution God's solution is Christ. In Hebrews 10 and verse 14, the Bible says, By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Perfected forever. But in the process. One, the person born inside of you of God is born free of sin, free of iniquity, free of curses. But as he lives in that, He has to be sanctified. He has to break the hold over this. And the only way you can break the hold over it is by faith. Because when you live by faith, you are in Christ Jesus. When you step out, you are stepping out into the land of curses. That is why we preach faith, faith, faith. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. Keep hearing, keep hearing. Let faith come, obey. Faith come, obey. Faith come, obey. You are out of the curse. But if you go by sight... You are living under a curse. That is the basis of our deliverance. We saw from Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit from faith. The next one, Ephesians 1, 7. In him, in him only, in him, we have received redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In him, by his blood, we have received redemption. Colossians 1, 12, 13, 12 to 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, And in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It's all in Christ. Only in Christ. 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, who is sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You can't help sinning if you're under the curse. Because that is a weight on your shoulders. You are a six foot tall man in a five foot high building. Of course you will walk like this. Because if you can't, the roof is too low. You can't. The redemption is only in Christ. In Christ you are tall. You can stand to your real nature. There's no other way out. In Christ or outside Christ. If you are in Christ, the things will work on you. You will continue to be falling to sin. You will not have your victory. But in Christ he gives you victory. 
because the cost has been dealt with by the obedience of Christ. Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Very few. It doesn't mean they are not saved. He says they are saved, but they will never experience the liberty which Jesus was talking about. Because for that, you need to come out of the shadow. You have to come out of the curse. You have to come out. You have to obey his voice. And you will move from liberty to liberty, freedom to freedom. It's internal and you have no weight. You are a six foot tall man standing in a six foot tall. Your head is not going to hit the roof. You are not bent over. You are not bent over because you have been set free. And it is progressive. It is progressive. It is to a true freedom God is talking about. A real, real freedom. That is what he's talking about. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, not will, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every blessing is first spiritual. It's not material. It's first spiritual. I was, was teaching last week and I said, poverty is a mentality. It's called the spirit of poverty. Riches is also a spirit. You may not have much, but you have a rich spirit. So you will give without fear. You may have much, but you have the spirit of poverty, so you are always miserly in your giving because that spirit captivates you, controls you through fear. So everything that you see material over here, behind it, there is a spiritual quality. And what does God do? He first blesses us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Stay in Christ. We have been blessed. We are not cursed in Christ. Because Christ was cursed on the cross. We have been blessed in Christ. Remember, we looked at that seven things. I gave you that uh, uh, bookmarker also, the exchange for those who haven't received it. We'll try to print more and give it to you. But keep, make this your confessions. So the path is very narrow. Why is it so difficult? Because you cannot walk by sight. You have to walk by faith. What did he say? What did he say? And walk by that. What did he say? That's why it is difficult. Because there are so many voices. So many different voices. What did God say? So on one side is a ditch. Another side is a ditch. In between there is a narrow path. One side is a ditch called the world. Another side is a ditch called the law. You go this side, you are cursed. You go this side, you are cursed. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one and you are cursed. You go into the world, you are cursed. So we go into the world as strangers, as pilgrims, as servants of God. Wherever you work, I don't belong there. I'm sent by God. I do there. I do what he tells me to do and I get back. Even when I work, I work as unto the Lord. I'm not under a curse. I am a blessing there and I come out. I don't belong there. Our citizenship is of heaven. I don't belong there. You go on to this side, you are cursed. Look at Revelation chapter 18 and verse 4. 
And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, lest you receive her. Her curses. Get out of Babylon. Don't be part of Babylon. If you are part of Babylon, you will be part of the curse. Her sins and her curses, her judgments will come upon you. Go there, get out. You don't belong there at all. You don't belong there at all. Or James 2.10 Whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all. And what happens? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 27.26 Cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law and all the people shall say. That's why don't even go into the law. You cannot keep it. It's because you haven't read the law carefully. Nobody ever living kept the law except Jesus. He fulfilled it for us and said, Lord, I am satisfied with what Jesus said. I am outside. I will listen to what Jesus says. I am not going to the law. You know, let me tell you a simple experiment. You know what you call the lizard? Chipkali or whatever you call it. The lizard little thing. You know, Everybody loves it. No, that one. You go and read in the law, if this lizard were to fall on something in the house, what all you have to do to be cleansed under the law? How can you live like that? People haven't read the law. You read the law, you'll realize the purpose of the law is don't keep it. (laughs) Cry out to God for mercy, Lord. Instead they all said, we shall obey you all. God said, really? should have fallen on your face and said, Lord, have mercy. We cannot keep it. God said, good. If the law was there, then why was all these sacrifices? Because they couldn't keep it. Because nobody could keep it. So, animals were dying in their millions. Because man could not keep this law. So, God said, it has been satisfied with the death of my son. Now, don't go into the world. You will be under a curse. Don't go under the law. You will be under a curse. Stay in the middle road, the narrow path called faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Obey, obey, obey. Let me tell you, there is no escaping this. You know when we'll escape this? Revelation 22 verse 3. There shall be no more curse. Where? In the throne room of God. When we reach there, we are oh, thank you Lord, escape from the curse. There's no escaping this. There's no escaping. There, when you reach, there is no more curse. Everything else has been cursed. Okay. So the only way man can love is, so the first cause is idolatry. Worship of idols. Worship of serving false gods is the first cause. So how does release come? How does release come? Release comes first. If you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. And God raised. It's very important he raised him from the dead. Because the wages of sin is death. The final curse is he. Cursed is he who hangs on the tree. But he has to rise from the dead. That means I have been risen from curse to blessing. That's the first thing. Confession. Romans 10. First thing is confession. Second thing to do is. Repent of all your sin. Rebellion. And stubbornness. Rebellion and stubbornness. Third thing to do, receive by faith the forgiveness of your sins because of his blood. 
if we confess he is faithful in the blood you cannot you cannot factor his forgiveness based on anything that you do you have to by faith believe the blood of jesus will do its work fourth one most difficult yet important forgive all the people who have harmed you hurt you whatever they have done because if we don't forgive he won't forgive and you stay under the curse so like keep saying forgiveness is a decision it is not a emotion open your mouth and say i choose to forgive lord i choose to forgive fifth thing repent renounce and destroy all contact with the occult occult anything god shows in your house it may be a box it may be a book because you like the container in which laddu scheme the container is so nice but whose picture is that pray over the laddu eat it throw the container away don't keep these things in your house because you are keeping a legal entry point for the enemy to come and sit in your house he says it's my name it's in your house i'm sitting here i like laddus too laddus is my favorite dish be wise about these things ask the spirit of god to show you there are a lot of things lot of things okay don't be very fashionable why do you think the ancient pentecost took off all jewelry and never wore jewelry why because they knew everything that came from the marketplace had something to see everybody working out there in the world are primarily gentiles who are producing things they will not produce anything until they have offered it to their gods first so when it goes to the bible says when you go to the marketplace don't ask questions of conscience by it by prayer and faith it is sanctified but if he invites you and he tells you it has been offered to the idols don't eat it can not share in both the lord's table and the enemy's table so everything that you get from the table even if it's a vegetable it is going you don't realize he has already asked for blessings from whichever deity he is worshiping that's why we are asked to receive with thanksgiving and prayer and faith it is sanctified that's why we say grace we pray over our food because you know what there are things that's what he says you know what i will bless your bread and i will bless your waters and i will take sickness from your midst where does sickness come from you think sickness is come from the bread and the water even if the best bread from the best bakery and the best water from bisler it is still cursed because of who made it and who it was offered to So God says on the other hand when you pray and you receive it thanksgiving I will bless it and I will take the curse from it so that sickness that from the curse will not come upon you This is by faith these are all written things so therefore it is written faith comes we obey we obey This is what God told Joshua if you listen to what I'm saying don't turn to the right or to the left you will win before we go to communion I want to look at something Joshua chapter 7 verses 4 to 9 Joshua 7 verses 4 to 
So about three, this is the little town. After the great victory of Jericho, they said, small town, na? I. Three thousand men is enough. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim, and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns his back to their enemies? You know what God said? Look at verse 9. The Canaanites and the okay, inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us, cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do to your great name? I want verses 10 and 11. Listen to what I didn't give it to you. Verse 10 and 11. What God says. Listen carefully. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Reason? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant which I commanded them for they have taken some of the cursed things. You took the cursed things. You brought it into your camp. And you have given the enemy the authority to kill you. I told you when you were entering into Jericho. Don't take anything from there. Accursed things. Gold and silver into the treasury of the Lord. Everything else burn it by fire. I told you. Look at 6 and verse 18. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things lest you become accursed. Abstain from the cursed things lest you be cursed. When you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. One man, just one man, he took a few of the things, the gold, silver and a Babylonian garment and he took it home and hid it and the curse came into the camp. 36 people died. 36 people died. That is how our descendants died. Because we brought fancy things into our house without checking with God. Is there a curse over this? Do I really need this? And it's continuing. Generation after generation it is continuing. And God says, get rid of it. I've come to bless you. The blessings of Abraham. Like I said, we are not tourists in this world. We are pilgrims. We are pilgrims. Pilgrims travel with very few things. Essentials. Because entire world is framed by occult. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 23. Get ready for uh, communion. Got it? For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. How do you know you are an idolater? How do you know you are an idolater? You know the truth. You know it. You cannot know, not know it after hearing the word for so many years. You know it. But you will not obey. 
See, like I said, you have to look at the symptoms to know the disease. Oh, I'm not an idolater. I don't have a single idol in my house. God says, yeah, hidden in your heart. Nicely hidden, which you worship daily. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 27. I did not give it, but if we can put it up there. This is Moses. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look on the stubbornness of these people and on their wickedness or KJV, KJV rebellion or their sin. He's saying, Lord, have mercy on them. Looking at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because these people are stubborn and they are rebels. But Lord, have mercy looking at them. The generation that came out of Egypt were stubborn and they were rebels. And he's pleading based on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what God is talking about. So this is how we know. How do I know I'm an idolater? How do I know I have a secret idol in my heart? It's because of stubbornness. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. You know this is what God says. But you know what? Now you can go to God for forgiveness and say, Lord, forgive me. And then you can ask for grace. Lord, give me grace every day to overcome because I know this stubbornness and this is rebellion in your sight. But you won't do it. Then God says, you will be destroyed. You will be destroyed. Like Moses is standing there and pleading for mercy in the name of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. There is Jesus pleading for us. For our making intercessors. For us. So we only looked at one thing today. One cause for a curse. Is worshipping the true God or worshipping the false God. So we need to be very, very ask ourselves. Who am I worshipping? Second, am I an idolater? Do I have hidden idols? I know what I should do. I know exactly what I should do. And if you know what you do and you're struggling with weakness, the way is grace, God says. In your weakness, my strength shall be. So you, but you won't go. So it is not your weakness. You won't go. You won't go to God. You won't go to God and fall before like Joshua did. Lord, Put dust, the elders are all, and God waited till evening. He didn't answer them. Evening, God said, get up. And evening, God told them the reason. Do you know why you lost? Do you know why you lost? Do you know why there are 36 dead men? Do you know why there are 36 widows and many orphans in the camp? Do you think I have changed? No. I told you one thing. Don't bring the cursed things from Jericho into the camp. You brought it. You gave the devil an open doorway because the cursed thing is in the camp. And now you have been defeated. That is why it's, it's, it's good to be simple. Very, very simple. And pray over things. Remember the mess Jacob's sons made and Dina was raped and all that junk. Then finally God said, what are you doing here? Get up and go to Bethel. And before he went to Bethel, do you know what he told his sons? Give me all your earrings. They took their earrings and all these things. And he dug a hole and put it all over there. Because you know what? You put something that has got a curse on it and you put it over here. The first thing that goes, you stop hearing the voice of God. You can sit under the most anointed teachers, you will not hear 
because the curse is on your ears. That is why the high priest, before he could, he had to put blood on his ears so that he could hear. Because his hearing had been cursed. Because his forefathers were idolaters. In ancient pagan culture, every man, woman, all wore earrings. And you need to ask, what is the need of a hearing? What is the need of hearing? What is the spiritual purpose behind a hearing? Have you ever asked, what is the need for a hearing? The need for a hearing in pagan religions is when you put it, you hear. God says, when you put it, you stop hearing. Stop hearing. Plead the blood over your ears. Get it sanctified. Get it sanctified. Or take it off. The Spirit says, take it off, take it off. We don't want to be fashionable in this world. You want to be godly in this world. Because Babylon is built on the bodies and the souls of men. Jerusalem is built on the blood of his son. Nothing else. The blood of his son. So this morning as we go to to communion, think. Today, I'll continue. Only looked at one. There are many. We have to look at it. Because you know what? We cannot live like this. This is not the life Jesus promised. People struggling to worship. People struggling to pray. Worship should be our our natural habitat. Singing. Sing to each other psalms and hymns. Come, let's have the worship team here. Think these things. Seriously think these things. Okay? Because you don't want to be part of Babylon. I'm telling you. It's coming so closer and closer and closer. It is coming. Look around the world. Look around the world what is happening. If you cannot see, then you need balm for your eyes. As the church in Laodicea was, God said, buy from me. Balm for your eyes that you may see. Blood for your ears so that you may hear. Fire for your tongue that you may speak. We have, yes. Come. Yeah, Pastor Banu is here. Regulars are here. Shrikant is here. Come, Abel. Oh 
tell this, like I said, it's not condemnation. I born in a Catholic family. Grew up and bowed before so many idols. Grew up in a Buddhist country. And lamas were my friends and my classmates. Went into the monasteries, went into everyone, turned the prayer wheels. I know their mantras by heart even now. But when God saved me, and when God sanctified me, he took me back to every incident, piece by piece, and told me to renounce it. I can specifically remember God giving me visions of where influences were in my life. When I was in class three, one of my friends died, drowned in the river in the flood. And God took me back almost 30, 40 years, and he said, do you remember when that boy died and the next day you had puja in the school and the lamas were there, you two sat with them and chanted, renounce. You are mine. I have probably gone before more idols than any one of you in your life of every religion. My parents were secular. They were Catholic. They were secular. Let me tell you, when I was growing up as a child, we had the crucifix in the bedroom where we prayed. But my personal corner, I had Krishna. And they had no issues with it. I didn't read the Bible. I read the Mahabharata in one night. I know where I come from. And I know where I am. The influences, the portals, the doorways you open into your life. Because it is written. It cannot be revoked. It cannot be changed. Only in Christ. The more we understand what Christ did on the cross, the more we'll understand my deliverance comes from the cross. Cursed is he who hangs on the cross. He became a curse for us. Like I'm telling you, of so many causes of curse, we have only looked at one. Worship of false gods. And idolatry. Idolatry. Hidden things in our life. If my grandfather had not permitted me, when I came as a young boy to Kerala, I would have gone to Shabrimala because I wanted to go. But he said, no. If I had lived my father, my father would have said, you can go. My grandfather said, no. Okay. I'm telling you, there is God, there are gods. The true God, the other gods. And our forefathers all have worshipped. And it passes on. That's why we preach faith. Because when you walk in faith, you are in Christ. Outside every curse. Stay in faith. Walk in faith. Which comes from hearing. And even today, by faith, partake of this. Because the word of God says, many among you are weak, are sick, and some have asleep. 
this is his emblem of his blood that should make us strong, should make us well, and should us awaken us. Awaken us so that we are longing for the appearance of Christ Jesus. That's how you know you're part of the bride. Longing for the appearance of Christ Jesus. And when he comes in the cloud, we should be able to ask our heavenly Eliezer, who is that man? And Eliezer will say, that's your master. That's the Lord you've been waiting for. So this morning, as we go to communion, believe, because this is not ordinary. This is powerful. Because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Listen to verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Because when he hung on the cross, he became cursed. And every curse on our life was broken. Remember what we are proclaiming this morning in his house. We are proclaiming the death of Jesus Christ on my sake, on your sake. He died and he became a curse on the cross. Father, this morning, we just want to thank you for your son. All of our life, all of eternity, we'll be still learning what your son did for us. But for the blood. But for that man that hung on Calvary on that cross. We are cursed to perdition. But because of him and because we believed in him, we are blessed to eternity with you. The transference that took place on the cross, we as we partake of the communion, we receive it by faith, O Lord. I pray, Father, today, even as they partake here in their homes, O Father, as they are watching, there will be a transference from sickness to health, from weakness to strength, and from sleep to a quickening of the mortal man by the Spirit of God that resides in us, O Lord. Let there be a divine transference by faith, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thy precious blood shall never lose its Today, I want to turn to Psalm 78 and verse 8.
It's one generation, 600,000 men, women. One whole generation, one whole nation that came out. This is what God says. And they may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and a rebellious generation. A stubborn, rebellious. What did Samuel tell King Saul? What is stubbornness? Iniquity. And witchcraft. And what is rebellion? The sin of witchcraft. Did they have idols? They had. What does God say? Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. Yeah, this is... Because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Witchcraft and idolatry. And what did God talk about his own people? The first generation in Psalm 78 verse 8. These are a stubborn and a rebellious generation. A generation that did not set its heart right. And whose spirit was not faithful. So where were their idols? It was not in their heart. It was not in the camp. It was not in their hearts. So this morning I want you to stand up. We'll go through this process. Okay? First thing. When we pray, you are praying along with me. When we pray, you are basing your prayer by faith entirely on Christ. What he obtained for us on the cross. We can never earn our release. We will never be worthy enough. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to be worthy. By faith, receive it. Just receive it by faith. We'll print it and give it to you. Speak many things over your life every day. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can either bless yourself, your family, or curse. Words are not neutral. They have power. They are vessels that carry either divine power or occult power. It has power. The people in the occult actually say curses are implemented by demons. So this morning, let us pray. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and the only way to God. And that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. I give up all my rebellion and all my sin. And I submit myself to you as my Lord. I confess all my sins and before you and ask you for your forgiveness. Especially for any sins that have exposed me to a curse. Lord, release me from the consequences of my forefathers' sins. By a decision of my will, I forgive all who have harmed me or wronged me. I'll give you a few seconds. You can under your breath. If you have names which the Holy Spirit brings it to you, you can mention their names. Say, so, Lord, I choose to forgive.
I choose to forgive this person, that person. Just as I want God to forgive me, I renounce all contact with anything occultic or satanic. And if I have any contact objects, I commit myself to destroy them. I cancel all of Satan's claims against me. Lord Jesus, I believe that on the cross, you took on yourself every curse that could ever come upon me. Lord, I ask you now to release me from every curse over my life. By faith, I now receive my release. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Father God, I just come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We have spoken. You have heard. And as your servant, I bless your people. The blessings that are in Christ Jesus. From sickness to health. Every sickness in the body, especially those have been come down the forefathers. I cancel it out in the name of Jesus. Medical science calls it hereditary. Your word calls it because of a curse. Somewhere up the family pipeline. Something. We do not know who it is, but it does not matter. Christ has become a curse for us. I cancel that curse in the name of Jesus. And I speak healing into every body, Lord. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be made whole in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, as your children go through this week, you will show them things to renounce. Objects to be thrown out. Teach them to receive everything with thanksgiving, with prayer. And the word of faith, your word says, will sanctify it. Teach them not to take anything in Babylon where we live lightly. But to plead the blood of Jesus over our homes. Over our children. Over our grandchildren. Over our unsaved loved ones. That the blind falls over their eyes. Many of them because of a curse. That you will never see. You will never hear. Be cancelled out in Jesus name. That they will see. They will hear. The power of the gospel. That's our cry, Lord. Salvation of a household. Nothing is more important than that. We will put your kingdom first. We will seek your righteousness. And you are true to your promise. All the things that we need for this life, 
you will add. Help us to grow from righteousness to righteousness. From faith unto faith. From liberty to liberty. And the Christ in us from glory to glory. Bless your people. Bless your people. With health, with strength, with abundance. Bless their bread, bless their water. Remove sickness from their midst. Eyes that are able to see. Ears that are able to hear. A tongue that releases blessings and speaks with power and authority. Influence to change the lives of others. Speak that into your people's life. Not living aimless lives. But face set like a flint towards the Jerusalem that is coming from above. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. We bless our children, the little ones, the babies, every one of them. We as parents stand in the gap and say, the curse stops with me. It stops with me. It will not pass on to our children. We release our children for the glory of God. The stubbornness in them and the rebellion in them will be broken because we repent of our own iniquity. They will be obedient children who love the Lord and grow up loving the Lord and serving Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Everyone who is listening online, Father, I bless them in your name. Let every curse over their life to be broken, Lord. Let them be hidden in Christ and walk in the Spirit, Lord. And no curse can touch us. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now by faith, believing the blood of Jesus and the word of God, and the Spirit of God has sanctified us. In your house, we lift up holy hands. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. And we declare, Father, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. 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 You need to understand what the benediction means. That's why in every church you are sent out with blessings and not curses. You are blessed and sent. Amen. Amen.